Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. To say I will not fear means that you reject the devil's claims or advances. You reject the intimidation. You refuse to meditate on it, but you, but you choose rather to meditate on the goodness of God. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. This is the year of opportunity. Amen. This is the year of opportunity. Uh, you see an open door there. This is the year of opportunity. Opportunity means open door. This is the year for an open door. This is the year for brand new opportunities. This is the year when we uh, say goodbye to the old and God says next. Here is your next opportunity. Here's your next opportunity. Here is an open door that is set before you. And let's turn our Bibles to the book of Revelations. Revelation, the third chapter, Revelations three. And let me show what I'm talking about here. Praise the Lord. This is the year of opportunity. The year of opportunity. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. You may not be excited about it yet, but you will. You will. Don't even worry about it. Don't even let it cross your mind. You will definitely, definitely. Um, once you can't catch the full revelation of what the Lord Jesus is saying and you grab a hold to it and you believe it. Are you hearing me? Amen. Uh, instead of three, let's go to Revelations one. I want to just show you this in the word of God today. No, I was right. Praise the Lord. Revelations three, eight. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, so much. Verse seven, Revelations three, verse number seven, it says, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, right? These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. And no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength and hast kept my word and hast not denied my name. That's all we want to read there just for a moment. This is the year of opportunity. This is the year that God will set before you an open door. Now, what does that mean? And we're going to really get into that. There are about nine different things that it actually means. And we're going to go and actually starting today a new series talking about the year of opportunity. So the force of peace is put on hold, at least for right now. We were uh, at the eighth part and eight is the number of new beginnings. Praise the Lord. So here we are at the beginning of the year, starting a new beginning. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. That's so wonderful. <clears throat> But there are actually about nine different things that we're going to talk about of the year of opportunity because you need to know how to relate in this year of opportunity. An open door means the opposite of what a closed door means. Closed door means you go into the bank to get a loan denied. Closed door means that you don't have opportunity that you closed door means rejection on every side. But this year, God said, behold, I have set before you an open door. I have set before you an open door. Now, this is great news. This is wonderful news. If you have something that you've been trying to do, 
If you have nothing that you've been trying to do, if you've not been working on anything big, then it means absolutely nothing to you whatsoever. Because if you're just sitting on the seat of do nothing, then it doesn't matter how much opportunity you have. You just sit there and continue to sit there and go off to sleep. Hallelujah. But I have bigger things in mind and God has bigger things in store for us. Hallelujah. There is great vision, great insight that God has already placed in our hands and at our fingertips and at our grasp. There are some things that I've been knocking on, banging on, wanting to get into, wanting to get into. But God said this year, I have set before you an open door. Hallelujah. That means that there's no hindrance. That means that there's nothing blocking me. No detour. Hallelujah. We're going to see the glory of God like never before. Hallelujah. And I rejoice in the Lord Jesus. You see, this is really really good news for those of us who've been trying and, and pressing and pressing and pressing and pressing and beating trying to make it through to the other side but it has been closed off to us and it, it's been a year of 2011 has been uh, for a lot of us a year of frustration and we were frustrated on so many sides because we wanted to do something but we couldn't do it that's when frustration sets in when you want to go a particular path but you can't go there. You want to do something, but something always holds you up. Something always stops you. Something always prevents you. You take one step forward, you get pushed back too. Every time you're trying to do it, you just can't do it. But Jesus said in 2012, I've set before you an open door. Hallelujah. And that means even the gates of hell won't hold back the glory of God. Hallelujah. That means nothing will hold back the promise of God, the purpose of of God in our lives and I give Jesus praise for that hallelujah so that's why it's good news for me because I've been pressing I've been pressing 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 and if you experience periods of frustration in 2011 understand something those that are unproductive will never experience frustration because you're not trying to do anything why would I get frustrated about going anywhere when and I have no intention of going anywhere you see, the frustrated are those that have been trying, that have been trying to move forward. But something has always seemed like something has got your, your coattails and always trying to pull you back, always trying to hold you in place. But the Lord said the door is open now. The door is open now for this year of opportunity. This word has already been confirmed by our bishop. Even last night we were in a service, service with him. And uh, the Lord said, this is the year of next, praise the Lord, next, praise the Lord, the next challenge, the next assignment. Here, the Lord tells us more directly, it is an opportunity, a time for the next opportunity that God has set before us. That means we have to say goodbye to the old and say hello to the new. Hallelujah. We're moving forward in Jesus' mighty name. And let me just encourage you in some things. As you move forward into this new opportunity... Understand something, uh, we dealt with and you dealt with in your own life some trifling situations, some trifling folk. Amen. There were some things that would not move and there were some people that would not move. There were some that said that they're with you, but they were not with you. And this is the time that we tell them in the words of that famous singer, to the left, to the left, to the left. Because you had an opportunity, but you refused to take the opportunity when you had the chance. Hallelujah. Now it's time to say goodbye to the ex and hello to the next. Hallelujah. It is time to move on and it's time to move forward. How long are you going to try to drive a car that is undependable? 
Would you try to drive a car on a long distance? Would you try to, would you try to take that from Georgia to Florida knowing that you couldn't depend on it? Knowing that it may start today or may not start tomorrow. I had a car like that. I had a car like that. My God, my God. And that thing put us down in the McDonald's drive through window. Brother Ken, I was there with my family. Hallelujah. We were getting ready to go somewhere to a park or something. And we drove up to McDonald's, ordered a combo number 10, combo number 5, 1, 2, 3, whatever it was. Got around to the window. It was a long line. They were taking a while. I thought, I said, well, let me just turn off the car. Let me save my gas. Praise the Lord. Let me save my gas. But hallelujah, I wish I would have kept the car crunk because it didn't cut back on again. And so there we were standing there, I mean, sitting there right there in the McDonald's drive through window in this car right there in line. And the car wouldn't crank and there are a line of cars behind me and there's nobody in front of me anymore. Oh, my God. But thank God that he got a ram in the bush. Amen. Because the Lord had somebody behind us that had, I think, a truck or an SUV. And I said, could you push? Could you push? Could you push? And the lady just pushed us on out the way. Thank God those days are over. Hallelujah. Whew. I had to say goodbye to that. It's undependable. Can't use that. Time to get the thing fixed. Shortly thereafter, a couple of days or a week after, we traded that thing in and got a better one. Hallelujah. But you can't use people or you can't use things that are undependable. You may love them with the love of Jesus Christ, but if you cannot depend on them, don't use them. We're too close to the end now. Do y'all hear what I'm saying to you? We are too close to the end. Hallelujah. And there's just some relationships that we're going to have to say goodbye to because they're not willing to make the same sacrifice that we are. Hallelujah. I'm willing to give it all. I want to give it all. I want to see the glory of God in my life. Hallelujah. And to do that, it's going to require sacrifice. Hallelujah. Can two walk together except they be agreed? It's possible for us to be unequally yoked. But it's time now to break the ties of that yoke so that we may move forward to the glory of God. Turn to your neighbor and tell him that the end is almost here. Now hear me now, when I say that, I'm not talking about the 2012 prophecy made by the Mayans, praise the Lord. Are you hearing me? I'm talking about the coming of Jesus Christ. It's almost time for him to snatch the church away, to rapture the church out of here. Hallelujah. Whether it's next year or 20 years from now, we're closer to it now than we ever have been. Amen. And so I'm working while it is day because when the night comes, no man can do work. Hallelujah. So it's going to require making some sacrifices. And before we go further in our scripture, there are nine things, about nine things. Some overlap, but we'll get to them. Praise the Lord. The first thing we've got to realize here in this new season and this, uh, this year of opportunity is, number one, we've got to realize our place. Realize your place. Where is your place of assignment? Where is your place of assignment? Realize your place. Place. The safest place to be is in the will of God. If bombs are falling down around you, left and right bullets are flying. But if God said this is the place for you, then that is the safest place for you. Amen. Are you hearing me? Amen. Realize your place. Number two, fight for your place of destiny. Once you realize it, understand something, you've got to fight for it. Are you hearing me? 
because that's the place of heated warfare. In your place, you will find your haters. If you don't have any haters, it may be because you a hater. There's always something in opposition to you when you're trying to do the will of God. There'll always be someone trying to oppose you when you're trying to do the will of God. So no more of this man be pamby, she talking about me, he talking about me, they lying on me, they lying on me, this and that and the other. If they lied on Jesus, they're going to lie on you. If they talked about Jesus, they're going to talk about you. Are you greater than the Lord? No. So let's pull your shoulders back. Praise the Lord. It's all a part of it. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? It's all a part of it. Number three, we're going to have to be committed to that place. Be committed to the place. Number four, we're going to have to work with others. There's no more of this long ranger type mess that's going on. We have to be one body, have to be a unit to serve the Lord. Amen? Amen. Some of y'all didn't hear me. I'm going to say it anyway. This is also the year of boldness, by the way. So I'm going to tell it to you like it is. Praise the Lord. I'm not running for office nor Congress. Hallelujah. I'm give it to you straight. Hallelujah. This is the year that we work together as a team. No more little eyes or, or big U's and all that stuff. No more uh, rudeness and crudeness and abrasive language. Let's love one another with the fear of God in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The fifth thing we need to do, of course, is we have to work together as a unity. We're going to talk about teamwork, working together as a team. Hallelujah. Sharing the spotlight. Some of you like to be up front and some of you like to be in back in support. Both jobs are needed. Both jobs are necessary. Uh, the next thing is we, we're going to have to um, show love and compassion for each other. And we're going to have to be examples. Uh, you're going to have to set the example that you want to see in others. No longer the, the time is already done with that we can point the finger at somebody else without seeing that characteristic in ourselves. The thing that most irritates you, it irritates you because it's a part of you. You didn't hear me. Let me say it again. If that really irritates you, that really gets under your skin, that's because there's something about it that reminds you of something that is in you. It's either something that happened to you, either something that you won't never want to see done to you. It's either what somebody did to you. It has something to do with you. That's why it irritates you so much. And your greatest irritation is also a sign of your destiny. Because God will cause you most times to be an avenger of that. To take up the cause of the weak. Hallelujah. And he's given, he's allowed you to feel their infirmity so that you will be in a position to enforce the will of God in that area. All right. We're going to also have to move past. We talked about this already. Move past our X to get to our next. And last, we're going to expect the unexpected. We're going to expect the supernatural power and presence of God to intervene in our situation. Hallelujah. I speak to you today, today as an army, as an army, as an army of soldiers, as an army of fighters. I speak to you today as those that are on uh, the front lines, those that are in the presence of the Lord. You see, there are different, uh, there are different levels of a position in Christ. There are those that uh, the Lord has called close and they have an experience with God. They have an experience with God and they know the anointing. They know the touch of God. 
And when they're in an atmosphere where the presence of the Lord is, you, you, you'll, you'll see them uh, reacting to the waves of the spirit. That's why those individuals, you don't have to tell, praise the Lord, lift your hands and shout. They're already shouting already, praise the Lord. You don't have to tell them to move. They're already doing it. Why? Because that, that in, in some cases now, and not in all cases, but in some cases, that is because they're already closer to the fire than some are. But then there are other individuals that are far off. That is, instead of being a friend of Christ on Facebook, they are a fan. They don't want to really interact and tell the Lord, you know, in your friend page, you tell the Lord what's going on in your life and you, you share with him little details and he shares with you little details. When you're a fan, you just every once in a while peek over to that page and see what's going on. You say, I like you, Jesus. But that's about it. You're not really involved. Those that are on the outer skirts are fans, but they're not friends. And we can often see that not only in praise and worship, but we can also see that by our determination to work for him. Some of us, if we were to serve, serve, um, serve Jesus um, the same way we serve on the or rather, let me say it this way. If we take the way we serve Jesus and apply that to our workplace, we will have been fired a long time ago. Some of us halfway show up to the Lord and when we come, we're late. We don't have our mind on our assignment. And if you did that in the workplace, you would have been fired. Some of us no call, no show. And you do that in the workplace, you would have been fired. And a lot of us put more emphasis on money. I'll serve here for money because I get a paycheck than we do serving Christ. We have more respect there on the job than we do here in the house of God. And that ought not be. Can somebody say praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. I told you I'm not running for office. Hallelujah. It's time to get down to the nitty and gritty. Jesus has called us to serve. He is our great king. Hallelujah. He is our great king. And we're here under an assignment. We have an assignment. We have a job to do. And I refuse to be half-hearted in the job that I do for the Lord. The job that I do for the Lord will be excellent. I will give it my all and all, my all and all to my last breath, making sure that he receives the praise and honor that he is due. Hallelujah. Now, your heart toward the Lord determines you can see for yourself how close you are to Jesus. If you serving the Lord is half hearted, then, you know, you're pretty far back there in the nosebleed section. But you can be just as close to the Lord as you want to be. As you want to be. Are you hearing me? So let's look for a moment. We're going to look at a man in a, by the name of Moses for the next 10 or 15 minutes or so. Praise the Lord. Don't hold me to it. I may keep you here all night. Exodus, but probably not. The book of Exodus. I want you to see this Exodus. The fourth chapter. Exodus 4. When you get that, I want you to say praise the Lord. Exodus, the fourth chapter. Now, if you don't have it, just just listen in with us and and just really hear, because this as we get in today to the very first part of realizing this this year of opportunity. 
this year of opportunity 2012 the first thing we're going to have to do is realize our place we know that in Matthew the fourth chapter rather Matthew 25 the Lord talks about a servant there uh, that was given a talent I was given one talent and he decided that he didn't want to do for the Lord because he was afraid and he really thought that when the Lord came back to reckon with him he really thought that his excuse of fear was good enough he really did the Lord gave in you know the account if not you can go home and read it later Matthew 25 the Lord gave talents to three individuals one he gave uh, I think five another one he gave two I believe and another one he gave that one uh, you can go back and read it later to get the direct numbers but hear me the one that received one talent he went and hid his and didn't do anything with it simply because he said that he was afraid how much longer is that going to be an excuse for you you see the Lord dealt with me about this many years ago long time ago and he really ministered to me in such a way that I understood that fear was a cage fear is a chain about your neck and I can see one end uh, about our neck, one, of the, one end of the chain on a collar about our neck, and the other end uh, of the chain tied on a post on the ground. And every time I wanted to do something, every time there was an opportunity that was set before me, fear would come in and, and just jerk my chain. It wouldn't let me go forward. They would call, and fear would not let me go forward. And to the point that the Lord really dealt with me and I decided I am not an animal. Fear, you will not rule my life. This is the year of opportunity. God's opportunity in our life. This is the year of opportunity. And you will have to decide whether or not you will allow fear to control you. Fear failure. Uh, fear of rejection, fear of humiliation, people laughing at you and, and fear of shame and, and I, I don't have enough. How long will fear be an excuse for you? This is the year of opportunity and you can either take the opportunity or run from it because of fear. I've decided I'm taking the opportunity. I'm taking the opportunity. Now, God will give you different opportunities at different times. Hear me. He'll give you different opportunities for things at different times. Some when you least expect it. And the opportunities that he will give you, you'll find will center around the place of your greatest fear. Are you hearing me? Around your greatest fear, you'll also find your greatest strength. Around your greatest fear, you'll also find your greatest strength. What are you most afraid of? What are you most afraid of? Around your greatest strength is a, a barricade of your greatest fear because the devil does not want you to enter in to your greatest strength. So he puts areas around it that will cause you to fear and never enter into it. One of my greatest fears, and I've told you about this before in the past, uh, was um, getting up before a crowd of people and reading. 
and that was with me from uh, elementary school all the way up through high school and and into college uh, there I was just nervous and and I would begin to stutter and I would begin to stammer oh God oh God oh God oh God and that kept me out of a lot of opportunities even here some years ago while I was pastoring the stammering would come upon me fear would come upon me and I would begin to to stammer and I said no to many opportunities because of that I can't because this uh, this may happen if I get up before them and speak but see understand the Lord gave me the revelation again I'm not an animal I will not allow fear to control my life and you have to do the exact same thing. Do not allow fear to control your life. Around your greatest source of fear is your greatest strength. And what is one of my greatest strengths? To speak, to talk like I'm doing right now with this microphone thing in my hand. Are you hear what I'm saying to you? And around my greatest strengths, as my voice is heard worldwide, praise the Lord. Around my greatest strengths is also my greatest fear. Wow, it seems strange that that would happen. But it is the case. And sometimes they can still creep up. When we were at a funeral just a few weeks ago, Edward didn't know it. Praise the Lord. But I'm going to tell on her now anyway. We were at a funeral. Praise the Lord. And, and uh, I was there wanting to support the family. And uh, they needed someone to get up and to read the acknowledgments at the funeral. Here comes that old script. Oh, you better not do it. You're going to stutter and you're going to stammer. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So first of all, I tried to dodge the opportunity. Yes, 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 me. Yes. Praise the Lord, the pastor, the bishop. Yes, yes. I tried to dodge the opportunity. No. But then I heard the voice. Come. Whew. All right, Jesus, I'm going because you told me to go. I need to make sure that this is your voice speaking to me. Even something as small as that. So, of course, I get up there and, and uh, to, do, to do the thing and no problem. Why? Because the, the, the Goliath had been slain. But there's still echoes or, or hauntings or ghosts of the past that will try to intimidate your present. And they seem so real. They seem so real. But those are slain enemies. It's just a ghost. It's just a shadow. They don't really exist anymore. Are you hearing me? And let me give you another clue before we go into Moses here very shortly. This is what you will find with fear. This is what you will find. Here again, your slain enemy will try to come up to you and pretend that it is real when it is not. It's just a shadow your reactions to fear also mimic the reactions of what happens to us when we're in the spirit in the presence of God this is what the Lord showed me hear me when I was afraid I began to stutter began to stutter but the Lord said look over now in my presence what the stuttering actually means when you're in the spirit, what the stuttering actually means is that the power is welling up so great and you're beginning to speak like God. 
In the beginning, God said, let, 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 let there be light. The word of God reverberates, echoes, echoes, it echoes and echoes and echoes and echoes. And so when I was trying to speak, if the power of God was coming forth and I couldn't control it, I didn't know what it was. When someone says, when I get afraid, I just shake, I just shake, I just shake. Maybe you're vibrating with the presence of God and it's, and it's hard to contain, hard to contain what's in you, what's going on on the inside of you. Oh, someone says, well, I just sweat, I just sweat. Maybe it's the fire of the Holy Spirit burning now on the inside of you and your physical body cannot contain it. I begin to cry, I begin to cry. Maybe you're weeping in the presence of the Lord, weeping in the presence of the Lord. See, the power of God, the presence of the Lord makes us do some strange things. And when we get to that place of opportunity where it's time for God to shine, what happens? I start shaking. Why are you shaking? Because the power is there to aid you in what you've got to do. Hallelujah. It's a, it's a mark of the power of God on your life, getting you ready for that assignment. Hallelujah. No longer see this as a negative, but see it as a positive, as in God's getting you ready for that assignment. Hallelujah. It's hard for flesh to contain the power and the glory of God on this side of the cross. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Now, we may have to finish this on next week, but if we look at Moses here, the Lord called Moses. The Lord called Moses to go back and to deliver the people of Israel Moses rejected God's request several times. Did you know that? Several times Moses said, no, no, get somebody else. I can't do this. Get somebody else. And that's one thing that fear does. Fear makes you look at you and not at the power that is with you. Fear always draws your attention to the mirror and not the God that stands before you. The Holy Spirit is there on the inside of you, ready and willing to do the job. He's willing to equip you for the job that he's called you to do. But we have to choose not to fear. Praise the Lord. I guess we're going to have to hold, hold your finger there. We may get to this. Let's go to the book of Psalms once again. Psalm 23. Psalm 23. We're going to get delivered from fear and realize our place. Realize our place of destiny. In your place of destiny, there is opposition. In their place, in the place of destiny, there is a cause to fear sometimes. There is a cause to fear because the enemy has encamped about it, waiting, and he's trying his best to keep you from the place that God has called you to be. But once you tap into that power, into the power and presence of God, you'll be a force to be reckoned with. Hallelujah. Because God is growing another strength in you that will, that he's producing in you to overcome any and every obstacle in your path. Psalm 23, verse number four. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what, what will happen? I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Then he goes on to say, thy rod and thy staff, they do what? They comfort me. Notice. David said here, he made a choice. I will not fear. That's a choice. I will not fear. In other words, I will not allow fear to control my life. It's a decision. Now, why could David make that choice? He said, I will fear no evil 
because or for you are with me. Now, this is two has two layers, and I pray you're hearing me. This has two layers. On the first layer, we could see that David is saying, I will fear no evil because you're with me. In other words, you have the power and you're going to take care of this thing. Hallelujah. I will fear no evil. You because you have the power and you would take care of this. He's trusting in the Lord to take care of the situation. Therefore, he's declared, I will fear no evil. But in the second layer, and I pray you hear this because a lot of us are falling right here. On the second layer, David is declaring, I will fear no evil. Here again, because you're with me. Now, here is an example. Let's say my daughter and I go uh, into Walmart and we're going to buy yet another iPod card for her device. Praise the Lord. And let's say we go up to the checkout counter and she doesn't have any money to do it. She's depending on my money. Right? Daddy would do that. No problem. Praise the Lord. And we get up to the counter and she begins to shake. She begins to get fearful. And say things like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I'm not sure if I'm going to have money. I'm not sure if I'm going to have money. Oh, she begins to get fearful. Now, how is that making me feel behind her knowing I have my card or cash in my hand ready to pay, but she's in front of me? Oh my God, oh my God, it's $25. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I'm not sure I'm going to pay it. I'm not sure I'm not going to, I'm not going to have enough to pay it. Oh, she looks back at me. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I'm not going to have enough to pay it. I'm not gonna have am I gonna have enough? Am I gonna have enough? I'm not gonna have enough. Is he gonna come through? Huh. I'm standing here right behind her with my cash in hand or with my debit card, ready to pay the cashier. And let's say, for instance, she's freaking out. Oh, I'm not gonna have enough, I'm not gonna have enough. Oh, I'm gonna be embarrassed. All these people here, I'm gonna be embarrassed. Oh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be so embarrassed if you don't come through, if you don't come through, I'm being so embarrassed. What? You see, seeing it in that light means that we are in a position now where we are offending God. David said, I'm in this valley of shadows and a lot of things to be afraid of here, but I refuse to fear because you're with me. I refuse to fear because you're with me. No, I will not offend you with my fear. No. My God's with me. He'll take care of the thing. Praise the Lord. I know I don't have what it takes. I know I don't have the money. I know you have what it takes, Daddy. And I know that you will provide. Praise the Lord. I will stand here. I will ignore the enemy's advances to intimidate or to ensnare me because he's with me. Are you hearing what's being said? Are you understanding that? So how many of us have offended God? He's ready. He has the power to change the situation. But we're fearful. We're afraid. And God's like, what in the world? I'm standing right here. But oh God, you'll know the doctor said. Oh God, you'll know the banker said. Oh God, they're not home. Oh God, they're going to leave. Oh God, nobody's coming. Oh God, what are we going to do? Look, I'm right here and I've got the whole thing taken care of. Are you, are you hearing me? To say I will not fear means that you reject the devil's claims or advances. You reject the intimidation. 
You refuse to meditate on it, but you, but you choose rather to meditate on the goodness of God. That he is ever present with you and you have his word backing up the situation. Are you hearing me? Let me tell you one more thing. Then we're going to close out. Sorry, Moses. We'll get to you in just a second or next week. Don't cry. Don't cry, Moses. We will come back to you. Praise the Lord. Help me calm Moses down. Tell him, Moses, don't cry. We'll get back to you next week. We will understand something. What is fear? Fear, you look that up. Fear means to reverence. It means to honor. It means to give awe to. It means to give awe or respect. Oh, look at that. Oh. Fear. When you're afraid of something, you're giving it honor. You're giving it respect. You're giving it, oh. You're giving it all. David said and understood that fear belongs to God. We are, the Bible says that the, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Fear, honor, respect, reverence, all belongs to him. And if you want to fear anyone, you need to fear him that can destroy both body, soul, and spirit in hell. So God said here, so rather David realizes, he said, I won't fear. In other words, I won't honor these things that are around me that is causing this feeling to come up. I won't give you honor. I won't give you awe. I won't give you respect. I reject that. And I'll give that to my God instead. He is more terrible than you are. He is more powerful than you are. He can change me more than you can. I'll give that to God and not to you. I will not honor you. I'll honor the father. And it starts there with the choice that you make. A choice that you make. A decision. I will not fear. That does not mean that fear won't be present. I'm not sure what your fear is. Doesn't mean that it won't be present. Doesn't mean that you walk through this life and never feel the sensation of fear. But actually, in actuality, when you feel fear, fear is, a, is an indicator that there is possible danger. Fear is something that's innate that tells you there is possible danger, that there is a threat close by. And you feel that something is threatening me. There is possible danger here. Possible danger. But how do you respond to that will determine your place of destiny. How you respond to God's opportunity will determine your place of destiny. How will you respond to it when God calls you, when he selects you, when he tells you to come forth? How you respond to it? Will you make excuses and continue to make excuses? I can't, Lord. I'm afraid. I can't, Lord. I got this. I got that. How long will we put Jesus back to the back burner? Lord, as soon as I get this together, I'll call you, okay? All right, Jesus, you understand, right? Huh? Peace, Lord. You understand, right? Right? 
we buddies. You understand I got this going on. I know you want me to come over. Lord, I know you. You keep texting me. You keep emailing me. You keep calling me. I know you want me to come over and I will get up. Listen, we will, we will find it time together. We will pray. Yes, I will read your love letter. Yes, I will. But you know how tired I get, Lord. You know I got to go to work. You, you want me to what? You want me to serve you too? Yeah, Lord, I'll volunteer. You know, nothing but a chicken wing. Yeah, I'll do it. If that's what you want, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, but let me just take care of this first. You understand, don't you, Jesus? You understand, right? If you spend what we do understand, if you spend a lifetime telling Jesus no, what do you expect him to say when you stand before him? You spend a lifetime telling Jesus no, not right now. And you die and you get up in his presence. And what if he tells you, no, not right now? It's mighty quiet. This is the year of opportunity. But will you seize the opportunity? Or will you allow fear to control and dominate your life? Will you give Jesus Christ your best? Or will you just give him tips? Yeah, you did good this week, God. Here, here's an extra dollar. You did such a good job, God. I'm, I'm going to pray an extra two minutes. Are we going through life tipping God? Or are we giving him our best? What are you rendering to God? Tips? Spare change? Or are you giving him your all? See, that's an indication of how close you are to him. It's possible, and we'll close with this, it's possible to love someone. Rather, it's, rather, it's possible to give to someone. Thank you, Lord. It's impossible to give to someone without loving them. But it's impossible to love someone without giving to them. It's not possible. It's not possible. We love him, then let's give to him. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We're done in Jesus' mighty name. We give you praise, Lord. Well, those of you that are here tonight and those of you that are listening by way of CD, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, we're going to say this short prayer together. And I pray that if you pray this prayer sincerely, the Lord will hear you and he will answer you. So if everybody here, would you, would you stand with us at this time? And we're going to invite our Savior in our hearts because he loves us. And he is not here to condemn us. He's not here to embarrass us. He loves you. He loves you. And he does not want distance to be between you. So, would you repeat with me? Would you pray with me? And just say, Father, I come to you admitting that I have done wrong. I have sinned and I have fallen short of your glory. But I've heard that you're a loving God and that you will forgive me. So now I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And I confess Jesus as my master, my Lord, and as my savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me. I accept you. And I thank you for accepting me. 
Now fill me with your precious spirit. I thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org.